at me, I'm what you see But can you tell the price of me? I can tell you what I need A 20 quid will buy a bottle of tea Welcome to the 21st episode of Chronic Nirvana And honestly, this is the first episode we're doing in Toronto, Canada I'm so excited to bring our first guest on board Fatima Mekta, what's up happening? Hi, nice to meet you <laughs> Nice to meet you, Thank Fatima you so much for having me on the show Thank you so much First of all, for allowing us to do this podcast here. So, you know what? Before we reveal to our wonderful audience where we are, <laughs> Fatima, what is it that you do and why is this location so special? Okay, so so my name is Fatima Meshtab and I am the marketing director, one of the shareholders, PR rep and one of the marketing directors of Toronto's premier sex club, Oasis Aqua Lounge. And this is where we're here tonight. You know, right off the bat, you know, to those who aren't used to this particular concept, what is a sex lounge? Um, yeah, so Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed, clothing-optional, on-premise lounge or adult playground, as some people say, for people that are 19 plus. Um, so basically, we provide a premise where people can explore their fantasies, their desires, they can connect intimately with their partners, they can explore... Um, maybe uh, activities that can spice up their relationship. They can meet other people who are like-minded. Maybe they're in similar communities. Maybe they're in the fetish community, uh, the polyamory community. Maybe they're swingers. So it's a hub for people that are pleasure positive, um, that want to explore intimacy and sexuality. Awesome. So we've touched so many points over there, right? Because I'm pretty sure so many people that are, the, at least that are watching this podcast or even listening to it, are still exploring just certain facets of what we've just talked about in the past couple of minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to start from the beginning, um, you know, this place as an outlet for couples, now we mentioned polyamory and whatnot. So ideally, what would a couple find by coming here? So, so, <clears throat> so it sounds like um, your audience is curious about um, why would a couple come here? So. For sure. Let's talk about, first of all, the heterosexual couples or the monogamous couples, okay? So um, couples can be monogamous and not necessarily heterosexual, but let's talk about uh, monogamous. Of course, yeah, yeah. We're talking about monogamous relationships in the most stereotypical way, right? Okay, like, in the most you know, traditional way. In okay, the so. most traditional, stereotypical, simple way. Like, you know, just, just so that everyone can understand. Okay, you know? fantastic. Easier. Yes. So uh, your average, you know, um, monogamous couple can come here because maybe they want to just spice things up in the bedroom maybe between you know work family life maybe they have kids maybe they can't get as wild as they want to get in the bedroom because you know noises and maybe people running around maybe they don't have a lot of time in the week to connect maybe they're going through a rut in the relationship where they're just not making the time to connect intimately and that's so important within a relationship so first and foremost uh, any couple can come here you can absolutely be monogamous um, and I definitely want to stress right off the bat that there is no um, pressure to do anything at Oasis Off Lunch that you don't want to do. Uh, people are not expected to play with other people here. Uh, nobody's expected to do anything here. What we do is we provide an environment where that is possible and we encourage that. But we have so many facilities at Oasis Aqua Lounge. We have our outdoor heated pool that's heated year round. We have our hot tub. We have a dry sauna. We do events six days a week. Um, we have lots of fantastic facilities where people can enjoy the environment. Um, we're also clothing optional. So maybe you are somebody who 
is a nudist, right? Maybe you enjoy the freedom of not having to wear clothes. Um, so there's lots of things for people to explore here, um, aside from the fact of playing with other people or having sex in front of other people. So maybe a couple is curious to see what it's like to watch other people have sex. Maybe they come in the door and they don't even want to do anything. Maybe they never take off their clothes and that's okay, but they can fulfill that, that titillating fantasy where they can at least just watch sex happen in front of them and maybe they've never seen that before. Um, perhaps they are interested in boy, uh, exhibitionism. So we welcome all of these, all of these different identities. Uh, I would stay away from the term naturist because naturists and also nudists, I mean, I know I said that term, but they tend not to want to associate with uh, sex positive spaces because they're very big on maintaining the fact that when you are naked, it doesn't necessarily have to be inherently sexual, which I is agree. true. So I think it probably comes down to the fact that, you know, sexuality isn't really celebrated in mainstream society. It is something that is very hidden or it's also something that's very superficial. So I don't think that, you know, sex is seen as normal and as healthy um, as it should be. Because like you said, people make out in front of at parties all the time. People make out at the bus, you know, they make out on the mm -hmm. subway. Um, you know, uh, so to take it a step further and actually have sex, consensual sex, with a bunch of people around you that are also having consensual sex, I mean, I don't really, I don't really see that strange, but I do see it as niche and it's definitely, a different kind of subculture. Um, I think people should look inside themselves and ask themselves why they think it's weird. Because I think we mm -hmm. all probably have a different answer to that. Fair enough. I think yeah. I think it's better to sort of accept something and then ask questions as to why you think it's good as opposed to, you know, just finding reasons for it to be bad and then rationalizing why that should be bad. Do you, do you yeah. get what I'm saying? As opposed to, you know, um, back in, I'm talking about, I, I think in the BCs, I could be wrong, but there was a time where the Greek didn't acknowledge, you know, sexuality. You could you could fuck whoever you wanted. It didn't matter, you know. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't looked down upon if you wanted to fuck a dude or like, you know. Yep. And um, I've read a lot of different things, right? I've read stories where couples at one point, you know, because that sex gets a little stagnating after a while, mm -hmm. um, feel the need to go out and experiment and do some of these things. So they, you, they take advantage of venues like this where they can sort of do that in a more guided and more respectful way, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I want to come back to, you know, why do couples, what is it about this place? What is it about these activities and say the guided way that Oasis shows people in the sense that you guys have, you know, you talked about having events, you, you talked about having these awareness sessions where people could come here and not just enjoy themselves mm -hmm. sexually, but they could also educate themselves yeah, and kind of feel that sense of safety that like, hey, you know what, I'm going to be there uh, and, you know, being naked is kind of exposing of your vulnerabilities as well. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's not just, you know, I'll go out there and be naked in front of people. It's about, oh shit, what are people going to think? Yeah. And, you know, as a dude, like my biggest thing is, oh my God, what if there's a dude who's like hung way bigger than me and then like a girl comes with me and then sees my dick compared to this, you know, compared to this dude's yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm not interesting anymore. Like, what the fuck? But at the same time, it could, you could also think that what if you go to this club and you're not that bad looking after all, like you've kind of feel reasons to actually feel pretty confident Absolutely. that, you know, hey, you know what? People have different bodies, people have different penises. Yeah. You've got to be, you've got to appreciate what you have. You've yeah. got, you've got to, you know, I'm not saying this body type is good or bad, but I'm saying, yeah. you know, somewhere, um, as shitty as it sounds, when you get to take a look around, 
you get to kind of you know uh, see what you're gifted with and what you have and what others have and what others don't right and right. then you kind of I mean it's just it normalizes everybody's bodies that's what it comes down to I mean we all have our bodies are all different from each other mm -hmm. um, and like pleasure and desire and attraction is like far beyond the size of your genitals um, far beyond the, the, the shape of your body of course people have things that they're initially attracted to physically I mean that's I think that's very normal but at the same time, desire and sexuality is so all-encompassing and goes so far beyond the superficial. But coming into a place like this, um, you know, with the opportunities to be educated, with the opportunities to uh, see something new or explore a fantasy in whatever way you want, I think can only build confidence within yourself sure. and can really um, excite your relationship in, uh, in as far as you know, you, you and your partner have something really cool to talk about. You have this experience that you shared. Maybe you tell other people, maybe you don't. But it's this really interesting, um, you know, this activity that you did together. And I think when it goes well, um, it can really bond you. So, um, it, yeah, it's interesting. Like, a lot of people have different kinds of feelings about sex clubs. But I feel like as they become more normalized, um, and become, and we have these conversations and podcasts like these, um, it just sheds light on just how like normal and natural it all is. Um, and Oasis Aqualand are very big on like communication and consent as well. And I think in mainstream culture, like we just, we don't even really have those discussions. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it just seems like we just completely gloss over asking for consent. Um, but here it's very uh, important to ask for consent. So just integrating that into your dirty talk, integrating that into you know your flirtations can be like super hot, and it's a really different way of looking at sexuality that I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of mainstream societies like touch on. No, they don't. They absolutely don't. Because I was just thinking right right now, like we, we've got a place where like you know apparently like people come here, they fuck. Now if if I'm just walking about over here and I walk into this area. And I, I find a couple, right? Like, oh, I find a couple, say a guy and a girl, they're, they're chilling. And I'm just like, hey, you guys seem like a vibe. You get to talking. Yeah. And then if you're down and you go like, hey, can I join you guys? Yeah. You, you just join them. And is that how it works? Like, you just come and yeah, you talk. I mean, and you if know, you're really in the same to vibe. Off, to kick it off is, especially if you're near the environment. Like, Oasis Aqualand is very social. I mean, there are clubs um, that are maybe a little bit more anonymous, you know, or maybe there's sort of an unspoken rule that everybody that goes there is all going to get in the mix. But at Oasis, we have so many different people that visit the venue that, um, you know, you really kind of have to have a conversation with people. You have to mm -hmm. be social. You have to chat like you would chat at any other place. But the difference between going to a local bar or a nightclub and talking to people is that it may be a little bit frowned upon, to ask that person if they want to go have sex somewhere, but here you can do that, right? Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> and you want to buy somebody a drink and you want to take them home, you can't really say, hey, do you want to go over to that booth and have sex? But in a way, Oasis you can. Don't come down to this but, room and fuck. <laughs> one of the biggest misconceptions about um, Oasis and sex clubs in general is that when you come in here, you're guaranteed sex. And that's not at all how it goes. Um, you know, Oasis Off Lunch, we don't provide that experience. We provide the venue in which you can find a partner or you can bring a partner or partners um, but you you still have to have those conversations to meet people so one of the biggest things that we always recommend especially if it's your first time here don't have any expectations just come in realize you're coming into an open liberated space take it in because it is going to be overwhelming for some people right 
but don't expect or don't assume because if that doesn't happen, you're going to be disappointed. But again, it really does come down to the guest interactions um, in order to find play partners or new experiences. I think I feel like a lot of people might also be, you know, sort of scared in the sense that, you know, what happens if you see a naked man? Because like, you know, at least with guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now I feel like things are a lot better. People are normalizing these conversations. Yes. But at least a couple of years earlier, people would be, you know, if I told someone that, hey, I saw this man's dick, the first thing would be, Nikhil, that's gay as fuck, right? And I'm like, I have a penis, what's so, there are urologists for fuck's sake who see penises, right? Yeah. Like, what's so gay about seeing another man's penis? What's like, half of, half of us, half of men, I mean, most men mm-hmm. jerk off to so much porn where at least 50% of it is just you seeing the guy's asshole or like, you know, just <laughs> or the guy's balls slap on or slap on something. And guys, we've all done this. We've all nutted looking at the guy's ass. It's all happened. And, you know, and... I have. <laughs> justified. <laughs> like, but, you know, um, I read this other thing recently where people, you know, keep those considerations in mind where they see penises and they're sort of, they attach anything to do with penises to something that's a lot more um, gay, I guess. Like, for example, some of them are worried that, you know, if they come here and they let another man fuck their wives, they're, they're a beta male. Some people are worried that, or their partners, that if they see their wife getting pleasured by someone else, they're, they're going to they're gonna feel like a beta male where they're never going to be good enough. Uh, the, other, the other one is also that some people, some men tend to be very closeted where, like, you know, um, they tend to explore these sort of, situations like you know where, where with threesomes and other couples and whatnot mm-hmm. as and they use those experiences as a segue to sort of test their you know their, their bi curious it's test if they're bi curious or if they're bi or whatnot right because a lot of guys have concerns like hey am i 100 percent straight am i you know am i kind of bi do i kind of like men and you know they're so scared to try that out they're so scared to do that because they're like what if what if you know i see a man fuck my wife and i like it now, that's a very scary truth to like comprehend, right? For most people, mm-hmm. the, the, the egos don't let them comprehend that. Well, I mean, to that, I just have to say, definitely have a conversation with your partner before you come here and discuss boundaries and discuss what you'd like to experience here. And if you're not comfortable, then, then maybe it's just not for you. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be uncomfortable seeing, you know, other, other body parts and genitals, then maybe this isn't the right place for you and maybe you're just not there yet. And that's okay too. So I would only come here if you're comfortable being in an environment where you are going to see naked people and you're going to see sex and lots of it and different kinds of it. So um, I can't really speak on people's um, fears and insecurities when it comes to their own sexuality. All I can suggest is that you just, you need to do your research. If you have a partner, discuss um, what you want to experience with your partner and talk about boundaries and talk about your fears and insecurities with your partner and then make a decision if you want to come in here or not, right? Because you know what you're going to be walking into. How do you think, um, you know, sex with other... How do, you think sex with, how do you think sex with multiple partners has improved people's lives, whether it's the relationship dynamic as a couple or even just their lives personally, like, you know, from a single person's point of view? Mm-hmm. Um, how is and from the stories that you've heard and from the people that you've met and from the experiences that you've observed, how do you think it's benefited people? So what are these benefits that people, you know, sort of experience when they come into a culture where sex is so much more open, so so much 
more uh, transparent, yep. right? Like it's minus the glamour because the reality of sex is also that, you know, it's not always as nice as it looks in pornos, right? Like the bodies aren't as perfect. The finishes nearly aren't as perfect. The experiences aren't as nice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to have conflict and you've got to kind of navigate through that. Yep. So, um, well, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that everybody that comes here has sex with multiple partners because sometimes do, couples do come here and they only want to be with each other and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. um, and some people do want to have sex with multiple partners and some couples do want to meet other couples. So there really is a wide range of things that happen here, um, whether it's watching other people, whether it's performing for other people, whether it's having sex with somebody in front of your partner. But um, I mean... I think that it's very subjective to the relationship and to the person. So I think that some people find a lot of liberation in being able to express themselves sexually outside of what's considered a norm. Um, and also what is normal and why is that important? Um, what does that even mean? Um, but also um, some people may f experience a type of confidence. Maybe, you know, they've been married for 30 years and they don't, you know, these partners don't look at each other the same way they used to when they first met. And then to come into a place and have somebody be admi like admiring you, or maybe somebody's admiring your partner, it kind of sheds a new light, you know? I don't know if it's, I don't think everybody feels insecure when, for example, say I brought a partner and somebody looks at my partner and, and sees how attractive they are. I think it's kind of hot. I think it's kind of cool when other people can appreciate um, your partner and appreciate you and flirtation is always fun some people may feel like it's cheating and again that's a, that's a comfort level that you really have to talk about within your relationship before you come to a sex club because if you um, are not comfortable with those things happening again this may not be the place for you um, I would not try to force yourself out of an idea or a concept unless you're really ready to expand your mind because if you're trying to force yourself to go somewhere because your partner wants to go or you're like, you know what, I should, I should just really get over it. And I should just get over my, you know, get over my hangups. Unless you're ready to get over hangups, like just work on that first. Um, work on your insecurities before you come here. Of course, everybody's gonna come with, uh, you know, a new set of eyes and a new perspective. Um, but I would just take it slow and experience the, the venue and everybody's gonna have an individual experience. And not to set any sort of expectation that you're, exactly. you're absolutely going to get laid. Yeah. And you know, the, the main concern I have here is how do you maintain security? How do you make sure that people aren't getting touched and whatnot? Because at clubs, that happens very, very often. Mm -hmm. It happened in front of me at a college bar where I saw someone like, yeah. you know, touch someone else inappropriately. And yeah. that's so prevalent in today's culture and clubs. It really is. Let yeah. alone in a place where everyone's naked. So how do you filter through that and how do you maintain that safety standard over here? So, I mean... We, we take a lot of measures to make sure that our guests are safe. So we do have security on most nights here. I think, I think maybe every night actually. Mm -hmm. um, we're open from 1 p.m. to 3 a.m. Tuesday to Sunday. So during the day in the winter time, even like the beginning of spring, it is a little quiet. So we may not have security, but once we get busy at night, we always have a security guard. Um, we have a very extensive waiver system that we talk to people when they first come into the club. So they understand our rules then the hosts who tour our new guests, because our um, new guests can always have a tour from our hosts. Um, we also go over the rules as well. We have a lot of regulars here who also maintain the culture of consent. So even if you know the manager doesn't have like a moment to see what's happening, like a guest will notice and they will oh, yeah, that's good. Also, 
we have a lot of staff moving throughout the building. So Oasis Aqualand, we're four floors. Um, we're a historic mansion that's been converted. Um, so there's a lot of stairs, there's a lot of rooms. But even even in that case, um, we do have a lot of staff always always going around. So there's always there's always somebody watching, and we absolutely encourage guests to if they feel uncomfortable, if somebody touched them without consent, if there's some sort of issue, to go to management and staff immediately so we can address the issue right away. So we have a no nonsense policy when it comes to breaches of consent, but it is very important for people to communicate consent and also to understand that consent isn't just saying yes or no right away, it is also active. So if you are engaging in an activity... And you say no, yeah, in the middle of it, you have to, you know, make changes appropriately. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So even if you are in an activity and all of a sudden you want to change your mind, like, you have the ability to say no. So, and we also, I like to take it a step further and say, you know, consent isn't just about yes or no. Consent is about an emphatic yes. A yes all the time. Mm. It's not maybe. It's not, mm, I'm not sure. It's certainly not no. Yes is yes, consistently. <laughs> I love the way that you, I really love the way that you put it over there because that, you know, the main thing that I really wanted to, you know, kind of just talk about was again, how safety is, you know, maintained in a place where they sell alcohol and there's okay. as much alcohol well, and, touch, and fewer clothes. The alcohol thing as yeah. well too, because unlike other nightclubs, um, Oasis Aqua Lounge, we're pretty strict about cutting people off or like serving alcohol. We do have the right to refuse service okay. uh, if we feel the person looks like they may not be able to consent, looks like they may hurt themselves. Again, we have a lot of stairs here. We do have an outdoor pool. We have a hot tub. We have water facilities. So there's a little bit more risk in a place like this mm -hmm. than there is in like a regular nightclub. So unlike other clubs where maybe you do get overserved, um, we we do not do that here. So with the alcohol situation, which absolutely can can breach, like can um, impede consent. Absolutely. Um, we we are vigilant about how we serve people. Right. Yeah. Because that's that 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 was actually where I was getting done. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that's the case because you know um, people tend to kind of you know go off the roads and like you know they yeah. make different decisions when they're drunk yeah. and you know yeah, you can't always encourage, trust it. We don't encourage heavy drinking. Because again, um, it's not really going to enhance your experience here. Mm -hmm. People that come here tend not to really drink a lot. Mm -hmm. We don't. It's not the reason that people come here. People come here to explore their sexuality. It makes it very difficult if you're super drunk and you can barely stand. You obviously are not going to be able to function properly, um, and it doesn't enhance your experience. We're not a dance club. It's not like a crazy, you know, music festival in here or anything like that. So, I mean, people really enjoy uh, the pleasures of, you know, the flesh <laughs> as opposed to, you know, getting inebriated. So that's really kind of what our environment is about. What sort of sexual perspective have you managed to develop over the time that you've spent working over here by being a stakeholder? and from the stories that you've heard from different patrons and whatnot. Mm -hmm. What sort of sexual perspective do you guys have in common that is, say, different from the others that sort of represents the culture in your everyday world? What sort of things do you resort to? Because, you know, um, I, would, I would definitely wager that, that one big thing or one big improvement to people in this lifestyle would probably be communication, which, you know, not a lot of people pay as much attention to because to functionally sort of swing your communication and your trust has to be the most important foundational layer yeah. before you can make that sustainable in a relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
Okay, so I think you're speaking of sort of like the values that I hold. Yeah, I would say like I would say like the 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 sexual value system that you know people at least who are part of the culture here who've yeah. experiences long enough. What what's like that shared, um, you yeah. know, value system? So I would say I mean communication is big. It's very very important uh, to communicate um, not only what you want but also what you don't. Mm-hmm. Also to communicate what um, maybe turns you on and turns you off. Um, in a way that is respectful and where you can voice w- your perspective without, you know, attacking your partner. So that's kind of, you know, that takes some practice to navigate through those conversations. I would also say, you know, just being able to appreciate the human body, right? Um, like as we were talking about earlier, there are so many different kinds of bodies. And, you know, if our, our scope of vision is only porn or magazines, we're not seeing the human body. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, being able to uh, appreciate all the different kinds of bodies that there are, um, also being able to appreciate that people at different stages and ages of their lives can still enjoy healthy sexuality. So, for example, I mean, we're our venue is 19 plus, so there are people that are you know 19 or 21 or 25 that come here, and they're maybe maybe they're new to exploring sexuality, maybe they're not, but. Um, there's also people here that are like, you know, 60 or 70 years old and maybe this is brand new to them and they're exploring this. So just seeing the, the range of sexuality, the range of pleasure, the range of how people um, are enjoying um, their bodies and enjoying their partners and their partner's pleasure. Uh, so that's, that's really cool. That's an eye opener. Um, also breaking down like taboo fantasies. There's a lot of different types of activities that people seeing are like wrong or gross or terrible Such or as? slutty or something like that and um being able to kind of like create an environment where people can and especially women can can explore these fantasies in a non-judgmental environment so for example um bukkake right so for those of you who don't know or you don't know i feel like you do know because you just mentioned you watch a lot of porn i know good. way too much <laughs> but if my mom's watching this mom i do not know what a bukkake is um, <laughs> is um, when like uh, a woman is surrounded by guys and they jerk off on her all together so it's like hey, it's Canada and it's 2021 is it specifically women I'm just <laughs> we'll talk about women Any... in this case because our bukkake I'm just kidding. women it... would like to explore uh, the bukkake fantasy but it also empowers them so I prefer to talk about it from a woman's uh, of course yeah no I was just messing about you know like... um, what else uh, orgies gang bangs Things like that. To the um, common viewer and not an expert like me, what's uh, what's the difference between a gangbang and an orgy? How are we gonna? Um, okay, so I would say that a gangbang is when a woman has sex with multiple men at the same time, and then an orgy is when many genders get in the mix and have sex together. So that's how I would differentiate it. But I mean, it really kind of depends on the person. Okay. Yeah, but that's I think that's how I. Would so orgies, bukkakes, and 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 to kind of you know. Um, segue into the next part of this podcast which is actually how oasis empowers this by providing the right sort of counsel for each of these activities because uh if i'm not mistaken you guys actually have like a bukkake apart from the bukkake night but i think you also have like information sessions you have like you know you have these seminars where you share information where you get people comfortable with it which we touched on earlier so how do you go about doing that for you know um, your bukkake night, your gangbang, your orgies, and you know, your... Well, I mean, we have night, different what's... nights that offer different things. So we wouldn't necessarily have an information night about bukkake. Bukkake would be more in line of like, we kick it off with some icebreakers and get people comfortable before mm-hmm. like, they engage in the activity of their choice. Um, but for, for example, um, we do have like a sex school 
um, section, like on a Friday, it welcomes women and couples only. That might be a little bit more informational. So we may pick a topic and we'll have a presenter who's knowledgeable in that topic. Amazing. Uh, speak on that particular topic and and can further like educate the crowd and also provide, um, you know, the opportunity for people to ask questions and things like that. So there's a lot of different types of programming that we offer. So not everything is necessarily an info session. It just depends on the activity. But we also do an event called First Taste where we, again, it's a night where women and couples are welcome, where, um, you know, we give a tour. I mean, we always give tours throughout the venue, but, uh, you know, you can get a, like a, a really concise tour and we provide sort of information that is specific to like new couples that have never been to a sex club before or Oasis before. Um, and the, the programming and the information is really geared more towards newbies, but anybody's welcome to join because at any point we really appreciate if, you know, um, a couple or a regular guest would like to share their experience and provide some insight just as a guest perspective. So the key is really kind of to keep the information fresh all the time, which is like one of the things that I work on. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. How is a meet cute in porn completely different from a real life meet cute with people who are ready to have sex? Because if you notice... Sorry, what's the term meet Okay, so for example, in, um, in porn, right, like when people normally see two strangers have sex, mm -hmm. it's almost de predetermined that these are two strangers who, who want to have sex, right? Right, right? And I feel like at OSS, a lot of people come in, as much as we say don't have that expectation, right. people do come in with it regardless, right? And how does that exactly happen? Like, how is this different from porn? Because the way I see it is that people are coming in with the intent to have sex right. with each other, maybe not particularly each other, but like sex nonetheless. Right. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So, I mean, the difference, first of all, is that porn is um, you hire actors, so they're acting, um, and it's a script that they follow. So in that script, they read it and they meet a stranger and then they look at that stranger and that's the stranger they're meeting and then they have sex and the sex is outlined mm -hmm. what positions they're going to do there's breaks so they adjust they adjust the lighting maybe they stop then they continue having sex maybe they go and use the bathroom have a snack come back continue the sex so it is absolutely not like real life in any way <laughs> whatsoever it is, it is nothing like meeting a stranger at a bar to have sex. So um, I think it's very important to understand that that is a completely different thing than real life. Porn is a fantasy. Um, so when people come into the venue and they want, maybe they're solo, and they want to find um, you know, uh, a partner to have sex, most likely a stranger, uh, I mean, communication is key for sure. You need to be able to charm that person. Um, they need to be attracted to you. Uh, we can't really outline exactly what that's going to look like because, again, it's so subjective to, you know, the vibes, the energy, the, the what you're giving off, mm -hmm. the attraction. Those are things that we just can't doc. Like we can't we can't give you a formal script on how to do that. Absolutely. Um, it really kind of depends on you, and it depends on the other person. So so much of that is left up to chance, which is why it's so important to say to not to have expectations. I know people do have expectations, but again. Um, we can't fulfill your expectations. Only you can determine and figure out the right partner for you. What we provide mm -hmm. is the venue so that when you do that, you can stay here and have sex here. <laughs> so yeah. um, we, do, like, we do do a feature called The Right Approach, which is the fourth Wednesday of every month. And we try to help people um, get over 
how to approach others at a club and illustrate what what's best to do and what's best not to do but again those are just like brief guidelines but meeting a stranger at a sex club is absolutely nothing like two people in a porn <laughs> they're completely incomparable so. but but you guys do release your own productions right so you're actively involved in the porn space but I, i'm assuming you guys try to do it somewhat differently so we compared to have, mainstream porn so we have a porn hub channel that we've had for a few years um, we did create some content before the pandemic um, so that is available on our Pornhub channel currently. Uh, we have since, once we reopened in the summer of 2021, we have since um, created new content, which is not yet up on our Pornhub channel, but we hope to get it up soon. Um, I know that you and I were talking about sort of like the, the themes in our porn and stuff like that. So we do have some, you know, some kink, we have some queer porn. We really would like to sort of even out the content so that we have a wide range of themes that apply, that sort of uh, attract everybody and particularly people that are new to Oasis because um, we want to make sure that people know that there's lots of different things they can do here. Uh, they can explore kink, but they can also just have like vanilla sex too and that's okay. Um, if so, you have to break it down to people, what's vanilla sex? Just very kind of, you know, your standard um, missionary kiss, you know, just... Um, I mean, I can't really give you a complete definition of it. Vanilla sex is just kind of more traditional than maybe something that's kinky. Yeah. I apologize to <laughs> everyone that I've had very, very normal sex with. Okay. I'm, I'm so normal so sex is fine. And there's nothing wrong with being vanilla. Like that, there's nothing wrong nothing with Nothing wrong with vanilla yeah. sex lasting five of, minutes. and. Yeah, but there's lots of, I mean, there's lots of things that you can explore if that's, that's something that you want to, if you want to try something different. So um, our porn that we have currently maybe is a little bit more um, varied uh, and it doesn't include a lot of vanilla content, but we hope to have a bit more on our channel soon. So we just, we just need to release our content. What's different from in your productions compared to the rest like what what do you think about doing differently well i mean if you don't want to give out any trade secrets i understand because if it's pending if those videos are about to be released yeah. then that's fine no, but I you know a, i can give you a basic idea i mean we don't hire actors we hire um or we don't really hire we we compensate um amateurs right so we don't really awesome. work with a lot of professional uh porn talent there are the odd like the odd names that we have but that's not generally that's not generally what happens, um, only if there seems to be an opportunity out of the blue, which will happen if it happens. Mm -hmm. But uh, generally it is couples that want to explore having sex on camera. And we provide the space to do that. Um, I mean, I can't really say what we do too differently because I don't work in the porn industry per se. But I would say that, you know, we are working with people that are completely new to this. So what we get is a lot of really authentic content. So, I mean, there is an element of animation and like, you know, direction and, you know, and, yeah. And I mean, obviously sure. we do, I mean, our, um, our current videographer who's, who's awesome. Um, his production is called Satin Engine. Just want to give him a shout out. Uh, he's really good at like, you know, positioning people and, you know, um, encouraging them and things like that. So there is a bit of stopping and starting, like there would be an mm -hmm. porn production, but I mean, there's less pressure because this is something that the couples want to do they're not this isn't their job so it's 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 a oh, lot yeah. more um i think it's a little bit more laid back and you've got to give them some more time to familiarize themselves with being in front of a camera and you know being familiar with the expressions their portrayal the way they look in front of a camera is completely different 
I, th- I think I'm I think I'm drop dead fucking gorgeous without without a camera. But they put me on a camera and I'm a strong <laughs> five on ten. I don't like it. Just kidding. Yeah, you know, we don't sure. associate yeah, numbers exactly. with beauty. So I mean, I think we're just we're like we're not we're not a porn we're not a porn production company. We're we're a sex club. So our our content reflects what happens inside the club, and that's why we make it. Um, and that's kind of our sole purpose. So we want to see people enjoying the venue because that is what you would see when you come into Oasis as a guest. Obviously, we have some very you know safer work content on like YouTube mm-hmm. and information videos and things like that. But if you really kind of want to see what Oasis Aqua Lounge is like, really like, um, I would I would uh, view our newer content that we will upload um, to our Pornhub channel. Awesome. Stay tuned on Pornhub, even if it's not available in Dubai. You know, there's there's, there's ways to get about it. But like, um, you know, while while talking about porn, you know, that's entertainment. Um, through a virtual screen and obviously during the pandemic mm-hmm. every every entertainment place took a huge hit so how did you sort of keep the culture alive how did you keep yeah. things spicy because I'm pretty sure all that responsibility must have fallen onto your head as a as one of the core event producers so, right how did you yeah, so, navigate through it so very exciting so once uh, when the pandemic happened we uh, started an online platform so mm-hmm. uh, we have what's called the online Oasis Connections Network so it is a members only private server um, uh, site that you can join um, and if you become a monthly subscriber or you could subscribe for three months or six months or a year, um, you have access to this platform. What it is basically, it's an online sex club. So we have members from all over North America. Uh, we obviously have members that have are members of Oasis Aqua Lounge, um, but we were able to expand our reach. Um, we had other clubs that we worked with in the States and so we provided event content online. Yeah, it's a little different, obviously. You know, everything online is going to be different than in person. But we were able to maintain the culture, um, connect our members, connect the community, and keep them engaged until we could reopen again. But we still have our online platform. We're not going to get rid of it. Um, we value our online members as much as we value our in-club guests. And uh, we continue to provide um, virtual content for them in addition to what we do inside the club now. But the online platform is also a great like dating site. So if okay. you're um, a solo person or if you're a part of a couple or whatever your configuration is, you can meet other members. You know, you can video chat with them. You can see who's like maybe coming to Oasis Aqua Lounge if like you're in the area and you're able to visit us. So that was um, the way that we were able to sort of like keep our heads above water and also continue to make Oasis um, Aqua Lounge relevant. And how would you... Um sort of describe these virtual events like what would you do to act I, I hope I'm not I don't want to I don't want you to give out your trade secrets obviously but like you know to the best of your ability to sort of maintain discretion and to sort of portray what actually happens like because it's so it's such a foreign concept to at least a guy like me right yeah. because I'd see um you know a virtual event and I'd be like okay um how is this satiating um right. you know the, the those feelings that I have because you know obviously when you move things from real to virtual real quick it takes a huge time period to sort of get adjusted there is that adjustment period before it even gets fun right like how often can those things be yeah, as fun so our platform unlike other like more public sites like zoom and things like that like we allow um sex on camera we allow nudity we encourage it um so our events are really a combination of icebreakers where we facilitate conversation and we encourage members to interact with each other it's not so much about the host we're not webcam models we are event hosts that you know guide conversations and introduce icebreakers every so often we have some entertainment online 
but really it's to facilitate the members who are attending to talk with each other. So it's to always build that connection and to maintain that network yes. because I feel like that is also really important, right? Like you, you know, you don't want to always just come to a club to feel a little liberated. Sometimes you might want to just pick up a phone and call a friend and you know kind of talk yeah, about that it particular was a really problem. Great way to like help ease loneliness. Um, and people met each other. So yeah, it was a really great um, project and we're still happy to continue it. I think this is going to be my last question. I'm going to get a steam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, no worries, no worries. And um, so just to wrap things up, right, and to kind of get people a little more geared towards the changes in terms of just society and the way people conduct themselves sexually, mm -hmm. right? What do you think needs to be the men the shift in mentality what sort of mentality should people adapt to sort of become a little more open to these so-called taboo sexual experiences mm -hmm. right so what are steps that people can take what are things that people should do maybe at a younger age you know communication being a key part of it but you know say outside of that in terms of education what would you identify as you know maybe the current pain points that still contribute to you know group sex mm -hmm. or sexual openness being viewed as taboo yeah. i would i would i mean i would definitely do more research um i would question why you feel the way that you feel if you have negative feelings about certain sex acts of which you have no experience in um i would try to break down your own judgments um why do you feel that certain bodies are ugly why do you feel that only certain bodies are allowed to have sex why do you feel that gangbangs are terrible and that women don't like them? Why, like all of these judgments that you may have in your head, why do you think bukkake is gross? Just question why you have these feelings and where they're coming from. Are they coming from an actual belief? Because if you do feel those things are gross, then that's your prerogative. But is this something that you're being told by mainstream society and why should you believe it? Just question what's going on around you. Um, also, I think like, I don't want to get too explicit on the podcast, but I feel like it's really good to explore your own body and explore like what you feel is pleasurable. So some people may feel like masturbation is, you know, taboo or whatever, dirty, whatever they think, but it's a really great way to understand your own body so that when you connect with partners or, or your partner, like you know what you enjoy and that way you can explain that to the other person so that they know how to please you. Because if you don't understand your own body and what gives you pleasure, you're putting a lot of pressure on somebody, especially a new partner, to figure that out. So I definitely recommend learning about your own body first. Um, make friends with people that are like-minded. You know, maybe you have other friends or other acquaintances that are also as curious as you and strike up conversations with them. I mean, I understand that not everybody's gonna be on the same page and some people might be a little bit judgmental. So just move away from that judgment and move away from those types of people and connect with people who like think like you um, because there's no right or wrong in this journey. It really is personal and subjective, but you don't have to succumb to ideas that you don't agree with, you know? And if you're curious about something and you're coming from a place of good intentions and consent, then why not? And, you know, just follow them on Instagram because they have a lot of tips that constantly sort of reinforce uh, some of these habits. So if not just some of these points that, you know, you kind of just have to keep looking at over and over again. Sometimes it could get, it could and be the same, but hey. Get rid of your expectations in life that's, <laughs> that's a healthy tip you yeah, know and, like and um, entitled. you know nobody's entitled to sex nobody um, wants to have sex with you yeah <laughs> um you have, to, you have to want to have sex with yourself it's yourself first self-love 
No, um, yeah, I would say like entitlement and expectations are always going to get in the way of your pleasure. So just, you know, come into a situation and just be in the moment and just understand, you know, that you can be in an environment where there's so many things that you can explore and just be open to what will come towards you as opposed to assuming that you'll, you, you'll get laid because you showed up. That's Brilliant. Thank you um, so, yeah. so much. I'll, I'll, before we wrap up, just, just one last thing. What's the 2022 vision for Oasis Aqua Lunch? What's the direction or, you know, what's like a goal that you might want to hit for this um, year? We're really excited to be open. So that's the goal to stay open. First of all, I think mm-hmm. we're looking forward to having to remove our masks so that more people can come. And we're just excited to continue to provide more excellent content. And yeah, very excited for the new year to come. Awesome. And thank you so much for having me here, Fatima. This was a pleasure. And honestly, this was a pleasure just to bring this content out to you guys. And, you know, I'm so happy I got to do this over here. And you know what? Episode 21, no better way to to do it. I'm really glad. I wish it was 20. I wish it was 22 because then we can talk about 22 and 2022. And hey, but at at the same time, if anyone wants to see a part two to this and, you know, because right now what we touched was just the tip of the iceberg because I'm extremely passionate about just making and normalizing sex as a conversation and just discussing its different things, right? Because like we said, just talking about sex doesn't necessarily mean that it's sexual in itself. Talking about sex just normalizes people talking about things uh, in general and, you know, again, just improving communication, something that a lot of us need to do. Info at oasisaqualounge.com. We've got our Aqua Flirts Instagram account. We also have Inside Oasis 231 Instagram account. You can find us on Facebook at Oasis Aqua Lounge and Twitter at Oasis 231 Mutual. It was so wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much again.